Would you stay with me for the reading of God's word? It's going to be in Matthew chapter 27 today. I'm going to begin with verse 11 here. Matthew chapter 27, verse 11. I'll be reading out of the New International Version, but I invite you to follow along whatever whatever version you have in front of you. God's word is good. Meanwhile, Jesus stood before the governor. And the governor asked him, Are you the king of the Jews? You have said so, Jesus replied. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for your written word. We thank you for the living word, Jesus Christ, in our lives, Lord. May your spirit grow within us. May it fill us with the things of you. We pray, Lord, that these words are written in our minds and our hearts, Lord, that they come out in all that we say, all that we do, Lord, all that we think, so that we may come to know you better, love you better, and serve you better. We pray that you continue to do a great work within us for your glory and for your kingdom. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. On Chrissy and I's trip to Israel, the ending of the trip was where they would take us through something called the Via del Rosa. It is the way of suffering. And that is what we are reminded. We are in what? We are in the season of what? We're in the season of Lent, right? That we are remembering, we have, a, we have a, an understanding that we are taking time, we are taking time to reflect. It's not really just about giving something up, and, and really we talk more not about giving something up, but gaining something, putting something in our lives to replace what we would give up. Sometimes it's just not enough to give something up. We need to gain Christ in our lives, right? And so we are there, and we are in this time, and it's kind of a solemn time that's leading up to the wonderful time of Easter, right? The, that is that is the greatest day that we have. That is the celebration that we look forward to, that we see the power, the victory, the love of Jesus Christ on the cross. And so these weeks that we're going to be leading up to Palm Sunday, we're going to be in a, a shorter series here, and it's going to be and called The Way of Suffering. So it's an entirely uplifting message, right, each week? No, it really will be because everything does point to the cross. So even when we come down, even when we see the difficulties, even when we see the challenges, even when we see the torture of our Savior, the Messiah, we may give glory to God. Because in our lives, it is not always good. We have difficulties, challenges, Issues of being in a broken world with relationships, with health, with everything else. But we still are called to give glory to the God that has brought us through, will bring us through, and will bring us into an eternity with Him. 
So the Via Della Rosa, when we went and one of the places that we just looked forward so much and we'll talk about later, we will get back to that, the Garden of Gethsemane, and Jesus is arrested. We know that. That's the passage right before this, right? And and Judas has given him over, and Judas has come to a point of regret. And I wanted to point that out today. See, before this, Judas and Peter both come to a point where they deny Jesus, right? One has regret and one has repentance. There's a difference. If you get nothing else today, know that there's a difference. And it's the difference that's between Peter and Judas. There's not regret in one, but there's regret in the other, but there's true repentance in the one where there is not repentance in the other. Regret is not the same as repentance. Let that be our heart song today. For all that we have done, knowing who he is, to seek out. Sometimes we wait for someone else to point something out. No, we want to go to Christ. We want to go to Jesus and we want to ask him and see what he would place on our hearts to come to repentance for. So that we may come to a place where we know him better, can love him better, and can serve him better. So the Via Dolorosa is really a path that Jesus took from the garden that ends on the cross. And so each week uh, as we approach Easter, I just wanted to take a small piece of that scripture, a small piece of that story that we can highlight, that we can reflect on, and that we can look at. And today's, we are looking at Matthew 27, and starting with verse 11. And this is after all the rest, all the Peter's denial of Christ, Judas coming into the garden, pointing Jesus out, giving him over for arrest, and they bring him before Pilate. Meanwhile, Jesus stood before the governor, and the governor asked him, Are you the king of the Jews? It's not the first time he's been asked this, and he normally doesn't answer it, and he really doesn't answer it here. He doesn't need to. He has all of the authority of God himself because he is God himself. But he uses those words against Pilate. And he says, well, you have said so. When he was accused by the chief priests and the elders, he gave no answer. Then Pilate asked him, don't you hear the testimony they are bringing against you? But Jesus made no reply, not even to a single charge, to the great amazement of the governor. You see, he had... What some in this world would say that, that, that he came to him, that he would have had this arrogance about him. I'm just, who do you think you are? But he's standing before the governor that with all the authority to, to really bring life or death to him. And, and, he's, and he's like, I'm not even going to answer your question. But we know that, of course, that it's not arrogance, right? That there's a confidence, that there's a boldness, there's a gentleness. But he is just in the peace of God in that moment. Because he is the peace of God even in that moment. See, we, we get to this and we see uh, a courtroom scene, of course, here. And, and who, who likes to watch the judges on TV? Oh, come on, put your hands up. I know it's more than that. <laughs> okay, so we, and we grew up this way, right? What did we all, people's court. Who didn't come home after school, after work? You, you, you put on the people's court, right? You know this to be true. 
maybe not everybody. And now, see, every generation has their own. We still have the people's court. It's a different judge. But, but now we have who, Judge Judy, right? Judge Judy. Now, now, she's pretty confident in her own abilities, I believe. She thinks she's a smart, she's a pretty smart lady. I'll give her that, but she, she's not afraid to tell you that, right? Do you know how hard it would be to be, we all want to be a judge, but being a judge really isn't that easy. And I don't really think I want the responsibility of making that. There's always time. See, there's times where people have done something to us. We want to be that judge. But would you want the responsibility of two groups, two people coming before you and singing a different song and having to determine which one is true? You see, each time this case comes about them, comes in front of them, do you get the same story? And you have to decide which one is telling you the truth. Or if even either side is telling you the truth. And they can, some people are, I don't know if this is going to be a surprise to some of you, some people are pretty good liars. Some people are pretty good at it. They come out, and you know what, some people are kind of sappy and, and suckers, you know, I can be that way. Don't you want to believe everybody? Don't want, doesn't, somebody comes before you and, and gives you this sad song and these excuses. You want to give them the benefit of the doubt. You want to believe them. But when you're faced with two different things, you can't do that. And so there are some that have the personality that, that they can choose and, and they can look for little keys and little details and they read through all the stuff and they call those things out and they're really more times looking for the reaction of people. They're looking for the reaction when you ask them a question to see if, they're, if you're really being honest with them. So there's good judges, but they will still fail at times. And so we have, in the place of the judge, in this passage, we have Pilate. He's the governor, so he has the authority. Everything comes to him. The, the Jews have been so upset with Jesus. They've brought him in. They want him to be held accountable for his blasphemy, right? And if you don't believe Jesus, you actually think this is the just part. You think that, guess what? Someone is claiming to be God. Well, at their point in time, were you supposed to do that? No, but you better be right if you do, right? So Jesus has done things. He's tried to show them. He's tried to show them not just by his words of his claims, but by his authority over the things of this world. Not only that, he has shown them with his compassion, his grace, and his love. Do you know we have that same Jesus among us? We have that same spirit among us that wants to show us through his authority, through his power, through his love, through his compassion, and through his grace that he is still with us and among us. But we kind of have to come to the conclusion of is he telling the truth, or is he telling us a lie? And see, over here, we have Jesus, we have the church, when the church is being the church that is called to be as a witness, as a testimony to who he is. And we have the world over here that would testify against it, that these things are not true, they don't make sense, that it doesn't add up, that guess what? Even look at their character witnesses over here. They don't, they're not even doing a very, they're not, there's no character within them, there's no righteousness within them, so how can they be testifying to the truth of the grace and the mercy when they don't have it themselves? 
Now, see, they didn't have the perfect judge. They had Pilate. Pilate's not the strongest person that we've seen in that, res- that spot. Yeah, I, I think Judge Judy might have come to different conclusions. But see, Pilate was worried about his position. He was worried about his power. That is so much of what we see Jesus coming to combat, is the powers and the principalities, the things of this world, the things that we say are important here that truly are not that important. That responsibility, quite frankly, was a little too much for Pilate. As we read down here, it says, When he was accused by the chief priests and the elders, he gave no answer. Then Pilate asked him, he's asking the question, Don't you hear the testimony they are bringing against you? But Jesus made no reply, not even to a single charge, to the great amazement of the governor. He was ready to listen, but said, Now it was the as was the governor's custom at the festival to release a prisoner chosen by the crowd. At that time, they had a well-known prisoner whose name was Jesus Barabbas. Some translations don't have that. It really doesn't change it, but Barabbas. So when the crowd had gathered, Pilate asked them, which one do you want me to release to you? Barabbas or Jesus, who is called the Messiah? For he knew it was out of self-interest that they had handed Jesus over to him. He really did already know that Jesus was not guilty of the things that they were saying. But what does that mean? (laughs) It also means that he believed that Jesus, there was something about him. Because guess what? They had accused him of blasphemy, of saying he was God. I think Pilate just didn't know what to do. You know what? I think we have a lot more Pilates in this world than we think. I think we have more pilots even in the church than we probably think. That we're on this fence. That we understand, that we say we believe, and we don't want to condemn Jesus, but we also don't call him king. And we don't give him the authority. We still are listening too much to the witness and the testimony of the world for who he is. And even kind of making a, a, a mess of the picture of who he is. That they compromise in a bad way who he is. Pilate listened to the crowd. If we're being honest, sometimes we kind of chicken out and we don't decide and we try to wash our hands of that judgment, of making that call. We want to live in the world and in the church at the same time. It's not an easy message today, right? But it's good. Because we have a God that is always ready, willing, able to bring us out of that and into his fullness, into his glory, and into his grace. Now see, that custom that they had of bringing out another prisoner. I think, I think Barabbas actually maybe gets a little bit of a raw deal in some of this interpretation. And, and when you look at the movies, he's always the gruff guy, right? He's always kind of not quite the sharpest tack in the box. A very kind of a brute. In most of the movies, it always makes him out to be this thing. But really, what he is, is a political prisoner of this time, right? He was somebody that was a rebel that had gone out, who was part of the insurrection of going against the Romans. Well, guess what? Everybody in that crowd that was condemning Jesus wanted the same thing. Now, see, he had gone further, and he had committed murder in that to, uh, 
to achieve and accomplish that he had gone through. But there were a lot of people in that crowd that day that had done the same thing. That were a part of the same groups that Barabbas was. And see, some of the things, it really just says that he was well known. And if you look through the different passages, it, it talks about that. It does say he committed the murder, so we know that he is guilty of that. But he was guilty of being a rebel against the Roman world. So I think he might get, that crowd really probably didn't hate Barabbas that much. They probably knew him. And they were faced with this choice of Jesus or Barabbas. If we continue on verse 19, while Pilate was sitting on the judge's seat, his wife sent him a message. Don't have anything to do with that innocent man. Now, who of you out there that are married, listen to your spouse when they come to you and say something like that? Hopefully you're all nodding your heads up and down. I trust my wife. Especially in a position here, I don't know what to do. I'm confused. I'm a little weak. She's saying, don't do it. Don't have anything to do with that innocent man, for I have suffered a great deal today in a dream because of him. But the chief priests and the elders persuaded the crowd to ask for Barabbas and to have Jesus executed. Those are hard words. I don't want us to read too quickly across those words. The, the word innocent and executed aren't really supposed to go that close together. And we have the judge because he is the authority. He has the power to choose. He has listened to both sides. He knows that one side, he has already said that it was in their self-interest. Not justice, their own self-interest that he has, they have brought Jesus to him. He knows that Barabbas on this side is guilty. So he is choosing between a really more of a black and white thing of guilty and innocence. But where does he go to? He doesn't go to the moral law that has been put on his heart by God. If he would go to that, he would know the choice to make. He, wouldn't, he didn't go to what were their deeds, because guess what? It would have been easy for the one that committed murder and the one that had brought life. He could have even gone to his spouse. But no. Where does he go? He goes to the crowd. Or shall we say the mob? And he listens to them in his, I hate to say it, but in his weakness. In his worldliness. He was worried about losing his power. Not submitting to the power of God. Which of the two do you want me to release to you? Asked the governor. Barabbas, they answered. What shall, that, then I, what shall I do then with Jesus who is called the Messiah? Pilate asked. And they answered. And we all know this part of the story about it. They said, crucify him. It's not even that they want the guilty released, but they want the innocent punished. And Pilate, he answers him. Why? What crime has he committed? They didn't care. They wanted what they want. 
Sometimes we want what we want. We don't want to be challenged. We don't want to be corrected. We want what we want. We want the things of the world. We want to choose Barabbas. We don't want to do the hard work of going against the grain and going against the culture and going against the mob. When Pilate saw that he was getting nowhere, but that instead an uproar was starting, he took water and he washed his hands in front of the crowd. This is one of the most powerful pieces in this scripture, I believe. There's so much symbology of that. What is this really showing? He's saying, I want to be innocent in this. I want to put this on your hands. I am washing, and I am going to be rid of this. Guess what? Who had the authority? <laughs> Pilate had the authority. He doesn't get to do that. We don't get to do that. Our judgment must be righteous, or it's unrighteous. We don't get to defer to the crowd. But too much of the church is exactly in that place today. They say, well, that's where this church is going. That's where, this, you know, it's not me. I'm just going along with it. No, we all have to make a decision between right, wrong, between innocent and guilt. We get to make that. We get to say, is this Jesus? Is this the Son of God? Is this the, the Son of Man? Is this Jesus? Is this the Messiah or not? And part that we miss in this story is, does anybody, maybe somebody probably would know, does anybody know what the name Barabbas means? You might be surprised at this. Son of the Father. Barabbas means son of the Father. Who's on this side? It's the son of the Father. Who's on this side? The son of the Father. Only one is right. Only one is real. And we must choose. Pilate chose wrong. He chose the wrong one. Let us not fall into the same trap. Let us choose the one that's righteous. Choose the one that is loving. Choose the one that's compassionate. Choose the one that is consistent and doesn't change with the tides, right? We follow the one that's truth is not compromised, that the truth remains consistent, that is the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow, the one that brings life, not the one that brings death. We choose the one that is innocent, not the one that is guilty. We don't get to wash our hands. That'd be a ceremonial thing that just means nothing. But if you choose the one that is righteous if you don't choose the false son of man son of god but truly the one that is the son of man the son of god then you will be washed but not just your hands not just your feet but all of you in the blood that is coming on the cross the death and the resurrection of jesus christ the true Messiah. There is hope. There is promise. There is truth. We must make a judgment because we will be judged, but we also believe we will not be judged by Pilate. And what I mean by that is we will not be judged by the world. 
we like to, to see that now and think we are and feel that we are being judged by the world in a way that matters in somehow. But no, the only one that will matter is the one that is the righteous, the one true judge that will actually be Jesus. Will separate us. Will look into our hearts and our minds. Much past our actions. Will actually look, do you have me within you? Do you believe? Have you repented? Have you been baptized with him? And if you have, it is all clean. It is all innocent because of what is coming down the road. There is a way of suffering, but that way of suffering leads to a life of love, truth, and freedom. We believe in that. You have a choice between those two things today and every day. Who are you going to listen to? It really is that simple today. Who are you going to listen to? Are you going to listen to the people of this world? The same people that see, it, it says that the blood will be on their hands, right? They, they even accept that later. They say that this innocent man's blood will be on them. When Pilate saw that he was getting nowhere, but that instead an uproar was starting, he took water and washed his hands in front of the crowd. I am innocent of this man's blood, he said. It is your responsibility. And all the people answered, his blood is on us. And that word actually was a much more inclusive than just the crowd that was there. And in all honesty, that, that word is actually, it's a different word than, than would have been used for that. I believe that includes us too. His blood is on us and our children. But you don't have to stay there. Then he released Barabbas to them, but he had Jesus flogged and handed him over to be crucified. Now that seems like a sad story, but it's not. It's the story that had to happen. And that we have one that is truth, that is the one that is innocent, that came to do just that, knowing that that is what he would have to take on, so that we may truly be washed clean in the blood of Jesus Christ. These things matter, right? He is good. We will be judged perfectly. He will know our hearts. He will know our minds. He, will, he doesn't have to guess. He's a lot smarter than Judge Judy. She may not understand. I don't know. But he is much smarter. He knows and can see within us. We can trust that that will be a perfect judgment for those and those that have hurt us. Those that have repented truly we are grateful for even if they're the ones that have hurt us but if they've not repented and don't believe he will judge fairly and they will be held accountable in his perfect judgment so we don't have to be that judge we've said that we've preached on that before but before that day you are the judge to judge is this man Jesus that is before me that I hear about that I sit in Sunday in church and listen to that I read in my Bible the songs that we sing is he real or 
am I going to take upon this different image, this Barabbas image, that the world will tell you this is what the Son of the Father looks like. This is the real Son of the Father. And we're getting two messages. And we're going to have to figure out which one am I going to believe. It really is that simple. And I tell you, please, make the right decision. Look within your hearts to know which one is aligned with truth, with grace, with mercy, with love, with true justice, not self-desire. Answer that call. Jesus, you are my king. You bow before, give over. Then guess what? Not only will you be washed clean, but you'll be able to wash your hands of being that judge. But not giving it to the people. You're giving it to the one true judge. I'm going to invite the musicians to come up as we go to prayer. And as we sing, as we sing this last song uh, we've done before, and somebody reminded me, I just, I, I love this. Uh, I'm going to open the altars as they always are, of course. But at this side, if you want to just come and, and just entering into the season of Lent, entering into the season approaching Easter, just to making ourselves available to God, making ourselves available to His Spirit, to His love. That if you just want to come and just speak with Him, you don't want somebody else to pray with you, come to this side. Just come, kneel before Him, speak with Him. It's a good place. If you want someone to pray with you, if you want us to, we would love to do that. We love to lift our brothers and sisters up in prayer. Then I invite you to come to this side. And if you are just want to bask in the presence of God, would you all stand with me? Lift your voices to Him. Let Him speak to you even through this song. He is the one that picks us up when we are weak. So if you are weak today, allow him to do just that. Allow him to encourage you. Hear his voice today. Experience as we do every week. Experience him. Not in some frou-frou way, but in a real way. That confirms in your heart that this is the king of not just the Jews, but all of the world that we are a part of. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we love you and praise you this day. We give ourselves continually over to you and the things of you. Lord, we are grateful that we have a perfect judge, that we don't have to rely on the people of this world, and certainly, God, that we're thankful we don't have to rely upon the mobs of this world. Every side thinks that they are a good judge, and and none of them are. You and you alone are the good judge. So we place ourselves in your hands. We pray, Lord, that you have touched us and spoken truth into our lives in a way that we have the utter confidence that not only have we been able to wash our hands of the decisions of this world, but we have been washed clean made innocent by the work that you have done on the cross that your blood has made us clean that we may approach this world and not listen to them but listen to you 
that even if the mobs, even if the masses say something that is not aligned with you, Lord, that we will follow you. And our hope and our promises that we find in your word will come to fruition. And not only will we worship the Son of the Father, we too will become a child of the Father. Not in a fake way like Barabbas, but in a real way like our Messiah, Jesus Christ. Let us come to believe, repent, and have new life, born again of the Spirit, that we may know you, that we may love you, and that we may serve you. In the name of Jesus, we pray these things. Amen. We're so happy that you've chosen to listen to our sermon today on the platform of your choice. We at Cory Community Church, the Nazarene, continue to honor our calling to be kingdom people. We rely upon the gift of the fellowship and community to equip each other to fulfill our mission of reflecting the love of Christ to all those that God has placed within our lives. We welcome you to join us on Sundays at 10.30 a.m. in Cory, Indiana, just south of State Road 46. God bless.